I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one 844 Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, site manager at Second City Hockey, and I think I found my way around the Twitter overlord, so or Twitter uh, IP address banning overload. Sorry, I think I'm back on Twitter at dmelt57. If you want to try and follow me until I get banned again, uh, and I've got all of my usual line mates who are with me this evening to talk about another thrilling week of Chicago Blackhawks hockey. Up first, the analytics styling of Second City Hockey. You can follow on Twitter at Shepherd Price. It is Shepherd Price. The offer still stands. If you, if this third Twitter account gets taken down, you can, you can kind of just have mine uh, and run with it. Uh, I, uh, I got nothing. I am. It is cold. It is the winter and the hockey's not good. The, the golden Knights won the game one zero. Nothing's fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, is January is pretty much the worst time of the year. It's the doldrums. Every year. And like the, the doldrums, the doldrums of the hockey season arrive at the same time every year. And I think the doldrums are significantly worse when you're in the situation that we're in now and that there's really not much of anything to look at. Like it was, it's one thing when you have the doldrums and you know, there's playoffs coming two or three months after that, that uh, we, we ain't got those. No, and we're and the Blackhawks are also too currently good for the draft lottery, really. So, yeah, just like a middling team, which doesn't do anybody any good. It's hard yeah. to build a, as a mediocre team. Well, well, yeah. I mean, so, some things related to that we're going to come back to in a little bit. But let's bring in the other two line mates with us this evening. Up first, uh, he is the second city hockey. What Cedric Bixler Savala was to at the drive-in, and you can follow him on Twitter at Mill One Eighty Two. It is Mill Savage. 
All right, look, Relationship and Command is one of the best albums of all time, but, like, fuck those guys. <laughs> they were... Uh, I, I don't know entirely what happened with them, but I just know that they were like the most tumultuous band of all time. They got paid like a million dollars to play a festival and they were like dumping hot water on people and saying mean shit. Uh, the album is one of the best albums ever, but fuck those guys. Um, so I'm <laughs> announcing my entrant into the 2022 Royal Rumble. Oh, uh, I think I could take Johnny Knoxville <laughs> and uh, Dave's Twitter is the new Kenny from South Park. Yes, thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back every episode. I'm gonna get killed, and then you'll see me next episode for reasons. It doesn't have to follow the script. Doesn't matter. Just 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 run with it. Yes. Also with us this evening, she's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, and she is of course the Second City Hockey Bullen Wall of Text. It is Betsy. Um, I was excited to see some Abs fans like respond to my um, recap the other day nicely and got the best like little shout out, which was good use of gifts. And I was like, thank you. That's all I want is people to come away from my recaps. I, you know, knowledgeable and stuff too, but great use of gifts is the best compliment you could give me because there, I work really hard on this. There we go. The, now, now everyone knows how to, uh, how to properly flatter you when you write recaps to just compliment the gift usage. I know. Um, I do love it. And it was Linda Carter in the last one. So that was awesome because I love her. Yeah. Which by the way, I mean, we, I always, you guys always make jokes about me being the, the old person here. And then you were using Linda Carter, Wonder Woman gifts in a recap. So who's really the old person? I mean, I watched that on like, that came on, um, what was it? Turner classic. So Turner classic movies. Know. Yeah. So well, really. well, <laughs> you and I are like the same age. We grew up in that weird rerun era. Yeah, exactly. I was like, you sit there and tell, like, uh, I love Lucy. There's an I Love Lucy podcast that came out recently. And I was like, oh, I know all of this information that they keep talking about. And somebody was like, how do you know that? And I was like, did you not watch those blocks on, like, whatever Nick at Night was yeah. called? You know, they had, like, the dinner. Like, come on. That was, <laughs> that and I Dream of Jeannie were my favorite things. So yeah, it's good shit. But I think you guys are all probably just slightly too young for the TGIF every Friday night on, I think. No, nah, man. Boy Meets World. Oh, uh, okay. Sabrina. Okay. I, I mean, that's like. like Sabrina. Like, oh. That was Bob yes. Saget's area was because like Full House, I think. And then America's Funny Some Videos on Sunday night. So, uh, all right. So. My, my Sabrina is Kieran, is Kieran Chipka. Who? Nobody wants to hear that. The, the I mean, Netflix one. Look, they made a Netflix one look, that was like dark and edgy. It's Melissa Joan Hart or, or get the like, Melissa Joan. Look, I was in love with Melissa Joan Hart since I was Ooh. like a child, and she was, was doing not? Clarissa. So, like, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Clarissa yeah. explains it all forever. <laughs> yeah. There we go. All right. Well, now that we got that established, I'm glad we've we've uh, well we've we've planted Mill and I plant. We have a uh, some argument or agreement on who is our Sabrina, the teenage witch. I'm glad we were able to thank God. I was really worried about that. (laughs) I was really worried. We we weren't going to be able to hammer that out before. we. But she was probably a Bruins fan in the show. So fuck that. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I don't have a good segue here. So, uh, Hey, the Blackhawks played three games in the last week and, uh, they, they lost to the wild twice and then they lost to the avalanche, which, uh, my, my general thing that I, uh, learned that I said before we came on the air here is that the main thing we learned is that the Blackhawks aren't as good as those two teams. Cool. And anything else? Blackhawks aren't as good as a lot of teams. 
Yeah, well, that's even, why even if the Blackhawks are good, Kirill Kaprizov is going to be a problem for a long time. Yeah. He's yeah. very, he's I very, guess, very good. That's the thing is, I, like looking at Minnesota and like they have Kaprizov for, for a while, and then Colorado has all of their weapons and and the Makar and McKinnon and everyone else. Like they're going to be a problem for a decade, and it's just like not only like are the Blackhawks having their own issues, but everyone else in the division is getting really, really, really good. So. That's uh well, Colorado's like goddamn Voltron over there. Like, <laughs> although I will say though, man, like with Colorado, like I know uh, Frank Hoos has been playing better, and Darcy Kemper had a really good run with the Wild back in like fourteen in the playoffs. But isn't he hurt right now? Like, he is he hurt right now, it? and uh, just like questionable goaltending and a bad penalty kill. Yeah, going into the playoffs, man, I, they are I, not. I got, I I got do, Red Flag I, City all over. Yeah, I do not see them going far. That's, some, that's that's from somebody whose team has also got questionable goaltending out of nowhere this season. Yeah. He was supposed to be good. Damn it. Yeah, sorry about you. I think if if so, first of all, my opinion on the wild is that they're a mediocre statistical team. So they are writing like the powers that be that are their top people. Um Caprice off. Not not unlike <laughs> the Kane and Panarin years where, you know the other vets on the team were kind of trailing down a little bit, not having the best years and the supporting cast was terrible. was like pretty shit. Um, so but, you heard it you know, here first folks, the Minnesota wild are going to get swept in four games by the eight seed in the first round. Betsy just guaranteed it. There um, we go. <laughs> I, but you know, they have problems in that too. Like their, mm-hmm. their stuff is what it is. And then the Co- Colorado Goaltending is so weird. If their goaltending peaks at the right time, it could totally carry them. And their penalty kill is 100% tied to their goaltending. Yeah. Like, if you look at their actual, like, ability to limit on the penalty kill, it's top 10. Their goaltending is, like, third to last on the penalty kill. That's yeah. that's the real test to them is can their – if their goaltending is better, if they could just get league average goaltending on the penalty kill – I think they could go pretty far. Um, I think, I think yeah. it's possible. And I, and they score so fucking much, man. Yeah. Like they yeah. outscore their problems like no team. I'm with yeah. I'm with Betsy. I was gonna say that. Like the only thing, if I'm Colorado, is I'm sitting fucking Kadri down and being like, "Look, Nazem, like you're a great <laughs> player." We need you to get through the playoffs without being a fucking dumbass and getting suspended. Yeah. We can, and if yeah, you could, when he's if, when he's when he's fifth in scoring this NHL season, like he needs to be around. Nazem Kadri is like one anywhere. of those guys who's he's a great player. He's just a fucking dumbass. He needs he needs like somebody needs to sit him down and go. Look, if Marshan can do it, you can do it. Okay? Yeah, they need to pull, they need to pull a Justin Bieber and be like, look, Justin, you're out of control. <laughs> like we know, you know, we get it. But you gotta, you gotta chill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because he's he's killing it this year. A Bieber vention. Right, right now, what do you guys have more? Uh, more Nazem Kadri postseason goals or games missed by suspension? Postseason goals, because he's scoring I, like a motherfucker right now. Yeah, I actually think he'll make. I think this will be the postseason he doesn't get suspended. Because I've I've abandoned the eye test and I've abandoned analytics, and I bet I only <laughs> care about what I like what I see on the betting sheet. And Nazem Kadri, to, to <laughs> you can't even. You can't even bet on him to get over a point. You have to get him one and a half. So it means you have to bet on him to get one under or over one or two points, which is like that's insane in hockey. Right, right. Yeah. So um that'll 
so when we get to April and May, when the Hawks are done, I'm sure we can talk about the Avalanche put some more because they'll be the, one of the teams actually left playing. Um, and we get to see them again on Friday night, but this time in Chicago. So I'm sure that'll be fun. Uh, but yeah, exactly. Mel. Well, well, we're going to talk about Wednesday's game more later. And that's the game that I'm even more of a, a heavy sigh whenever I think about it. But because all the cool kids are doing it right now, we wanted to jump two months ahead. And, and do a way too early discussion on some of the trade deadline stuff that's coming up. Uh, I think one thing that uh, is worth mentioning here that's been reported for the last few weeks is that the entire trade deadline market or the entire trade market was pretty quiet because uh, Omicron was sweeping through the NHL, scheduling issues, games getting canceled, guys getting called up, sent down, the taxi squads came back. It was just complete chaos all over the NHL. That seems like it is calming down significantly. In the last few weeks, they've got the games rescheduled in February now that they've decided they're not going to the Olympics. So it seems like if they were going to make some trades, they will probably start coming down the pike relatively soon here. And it feels like there's always that one trade early, uh, like well before the deadline that kind of kicks everything off. And the Blackhawks could certainly be involved in one of those because last week I didn't even want to say the P word because there was this like, there was a few pockets of chatter where there's like, well, about what the Hawks needed to do to get to the playoffs. And I think the losing the last three games even killed that when I like they they're not making it guys. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. It's not happening. So it's good. It sucks, but that's just the way it is. You, you can't lose your first nine games and then have a six or seven game losing streak a month or two after that and consider yourself even in contention for the playoffs. So what we want to do here is I'm just going to whip it around to the panel and let everyone just get whatever's their initial thought about the trade deadline, whether that be what they should do, what they should not do, what you think they're going to do, whatever, whatever's on your mind. We just kind of do a little dip our toe a little bit into this discussion because we're sure it's going to come up plenty over the next couple of months. And we'll start with Shay because I, I think I know where or the where the conversation will go, and uh, this is probably one of the largest and widest gaps of disagreement we have. So, Shay, it's all yours. Trade anybody you get a good enough return for. Somebody wants Jonathan oh. Taves at, at, at 5.25 and the Blackhawks are able to retain, trade him. If, if somebody wants Patrick Kane, and they're and, the, and they're willing to pay the ten point five for Patrick Kane because the Blackhawks should not retain Patrick Kane. Uh, Patrick Kane is Patrick Kane. You should be ha- you should have to pay full price for Patrick Kane. Uh, bye. I'm sorry. You're you're always going to be a Blackhawk. You're going to come back. You're going to get your number retired. You're, you'll have your legacy night. We love you. Goodbye. Uh, if Seth, so if somebody's dumb enough to trade for Seth Jones, bye. Absolutely goodbye. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what? If I, that's the one thing, like if someone wants to take on the Seth Jones contract, I'd be like, yeah, sign me up. I don't like, <laughs> it's going to suck because that means you essentially threw away your number eight pick for nothing. But uh, yeah, go on. Yeah. You're number eight pick and maybe you're, you're what third. Like I, I would pick I would this season like to follow up with. There's no way in hell anyone takes on Seth Jones's contract, but nope. yeah. But uh, Elliot Friedman floated the fact that like, a team could trade for for Sean Couturier and the Flyers could retain this year only and not retain the extension, which the Blackhawks could absolutely do with Seth Jones. Um, so it's an option. Uh, like again, anybody except I have I have one player you're not allowed to fucking trade, and that's Alex DeBrincat. Do not no, go right. anywhere near Alex DeBrincat. Do, I mean, he is too good. 
like if there's anybody on this team you could actually build a team around, it's Alex Burkett. I just I, I think if if the Hawks decide to blow everything up in the next five to six months, I think you have to send a Brinkett out the door too because a he's going to get you your biggest return and b I I don't know if they're still gonna if he's going to be still in his prime when they he's got what he's got what seven years before he's thirty yeah I'm I'm I I'm aware I'm must like, be nice that, that's how that's how <laughs> empty this cupboard is man. Mm. Well, all right, all right, maybe that's being a little overly pessimistic. He's twenty four. He just turned twenty four. Yeah, he's just turned twenty four. He's got he's got year like the, uh, yeah. a a, 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 a five year rebuild still gets gets I, done in time for him to be twenty nine and still be Alex Debrinkat. Yeah, I guess my 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 concern there would be is at some point, depending on how contracts work out, he might hit unrestricted free agency at some point and decide I've had enough. So. And maybe you trade. I would not blame, which I would not blame him for. No, I I would not blame. I would not blame Connor McDavid if the Edmonton Oilers miss the playoffs again this year. I would not blame him if he's like, I need to go. The one, the one guy, like the one guy that I've seen his name come up, or not seen his name come up, but whose name does come up is is Jonathan Taves. Who's actually going to like? I know you. You had a caveat of if somebody wants to do that. Who is actually going to do that? What did you think? When have you seen his name come up? Because I haven't uh, seen Yeah, I didn't mean to say – I just mean like when, when people talk about blowing, blowing oh, up. Oh, you mean like just fans? So, not, not even fans. It's just like the hypothetical, if you're going to blow everything up, you got to trade Taves and Kane to get the, those contracts out the door or to get something of value in return. Yeah. Point. I get, okay, so I, told, I understand that point and I get it, but um, especially for Kane because he's the one that would actually maybe bring something in – all I think about is the Taylor Hall trade and the Jerome Aginlop trades because both of them are the two kind of more recent ones. And I know Aginlop was like in 2013, but still. Did you see those returns? They were shit. They were there. Okay. Aginlop okay. Aginlo was older and worse. And no, no, Taylor no, no, Hall was always not. said he had okay. one team. No. <laughs> okay. Aginlop had 0.8 PPG still for the two years prior to that trade, he was, if Kane was traded this year, it'd be like a two and a half year difference in age. Next year would be a, That's like, still a lot in hockey. I know it is, but he was already still better defensively than Kane. And he still had that shine of, he's always going to be a hall of famer. And he's like this big leadership guy. And you know how hockey people value that. The problem right, was, which is why player. I think they could get something for Taves because Taves has that shine. The problem was never the player. The problem was that the player's contract gave him complete control. And he limited, he goes, I'll go to four teams. I'll go to Chicago. I'll go to LA. I'll go to Pittsburgh. I'll go to Boston, which made sense at the time. Cause those were the teams at the time. But then when it came down to it, Boston and Pittsburgh, the best that they would come up with is a late first round pick and two B slash C prospects, like not even not even top 10 in their positions in those organizations. That's the same. That's almost the same thing that freaking Ryan Hartman got. Okay, that's (laughs) stupid. Um, And Patrick Kane, while younger and still better offensively, he's probably going to have surgery this off season and everybody knows he's playing with some type of ailment right now. I mean, he's still, he's still, it's so weird that we, that he's not been like talked about more. Like they they were so quiet about it. Like, I think they're being quiet about it because Kane didn't want to get it worked on because he didn't want to miss the Olympics. And now he wants to stay with the team until, you know, the end of the season and get it done. But 
So what you're saying is they might he might be getting shut down at some point here pretty soon. <laughs> or he'll make it all the way to I, I the would. end and they'll shut him down for the summer and it'll come back. But either way, that's a big risk. And on top of that, he's way more expensive than Ginla was. So I'm just the thought that I had related to this, and Taze is wrapped into this as well. And I'm gonna ask Shay this first, and then and Shay, I want you to answer that on Betsy as well, and then we're gonna get Millen on this conversation as well. Oh boy. If you held on to Patrick Kane for another year and then expiring contract, wouldn't that be better? Because wouldn't you have more value with it being an expiring contract? Not uh, see, this is the way the okay. Let's talk about Tampa Bay for a second because they're the defending two-time Stanley Cup champions. You know what Tampa Bay traded more assets for than they probably would have? Not the players themselves, but the fact that the players themselves had multiple years under control. They got Berkeley Goudreau and uh, – why am I blanking on his name? Coleman. Uh, Coleman. They got Blake Coleman and Berkeley Goudreau, both with multiple years under control. I believe that in today's NHL, multiple years under control is more valuable than an expiring contract. How much um, was Coleman's cap hit? 1.8. A player at 1.8. Okay, but again, Blake Coleman is not Patrick King. I get that, but the difference in their cap value in the cap-strapped NHL today is a big deal. The Blackhawks would have to eat fifty percent, and even still, I don't. I I don't think a lot of teams would not. I don't think a lot of teams can can even not contenders, not teams that Patrick yeah. Kane would okay to go to. That's that's the thing. Is like I I just I don't know who has the cap space. Even next year, if you take hurt. a bad contract back, though, a short term bad contract, I think there's teams. I, I think there's. I think I a think lot of those teams, teams don't have there. bad contracts for you to take, though. That's why they're good. <laughs> yeah, name a like Colorado. Name a bad contract on there that Jack you could Johnson. It's not a bad contract. I know it's just a bad player. <laughs> um, well, what good last night? Take Pittsburgh. Is there a bad contract on there? Not anymore. Not really. You know the bad contract. Okay, but then, then we need to have the, the is Evgeny Malkin worth any money anymore because he can't play hockey anymore? But but will Malkin? opt to trade out of Pittsburgh. He also has a full no movement clause. That's yeah. the problem with these things. There, Patrick yeah. Payne has a full no movement clause. He controls his fate completely. He's going to pick where he wants to go. And most of the teams he would pick to go to probably cannot fit him unless they eat half his cap hit. Or and, eat some of the cap hit and a bad contract. I, but again, the, name, a the team, other pro- name a contender that has a bad contract. <laughs> Go back. Right. I, I think I think we're getting. I think the general consensus. Well, I, all right. I think that what Betsy is trying to, is that even if you wanted to trade Taves and Kane, the logistical hurdles are too insurmountable, and I my, think that's where I'm at as well. Yeah, my main. And point also, is I don't. I don't know if Kane wants to go to a contender. I think Kane has three cups. Why would that's, Kane that's want also, to go win? He's not but, Joe Pavelski. And that's yeah, also what Kane they is like. Oh, just it's so weird because Kane is like one of the most competitive. Like that's what he wants to do. He always wants to win. Like that's the yeah. But now he's got a family. He's got a yeah, family. I, he might be doing the the flurry thing where he doesn't want to move his family a ton. I mean, it's a baby, but whatever. Um, <laughs> that's still a family. That's, <laughs> that's still a family. Okay, that is, just, you can put that into a bag and no. I, Flurry's oh, <laughs> children are like, you know, making friends and oh, they want to get roots and going, going to school. To school. Yeah. That that baby is barely a person. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have a weird feeling. <laughs> he hasn't even cognitively like at a stage where he can really recognize his parents versus other people. Okay, so okay. we're not. That's I, weird. I I understand. Yeah, I I, th- I get the point that you're making there. I I, th- I think. I uh, well, and also the, like the reports from the athletic were that. 
Taves and Kane aren't going anywhere unless they go to the Blackhawks front office and say, get me out of here. So, and so we have two months to see if that'll happen. No. Can I get one? Well, sorry. Sure, my you final point was literally just that I'm not opposed to trading them. I just think that people should have their expectations in check on what's going to come back if they do. Okay. Done. No, Mill, Mill, go ahead. Just your initial trade deadline thoughts. Um, so I, I know we talked about this a while ago, but, uh, I just want to say I'm, I, one of my deepest regrets as a hockey fan is that Jerome McGinley didn't come to the Hawks in 2013. Oh, that would have been so cool. Only because I'm a big Jerome McGinley fan. I have a, I have his Jersey hanging in my is closet and I, and I would have loved for him to get a ring. Uh, they should have gotten one in 04, but that's a different podcast. Um, but yeah, uh, respect to Jerome McGinley. Uh, really lucky that I've seen him play a bunch in person. He's a, he was a great player. Uh, aside from that, uh, I, I'm just going to say what I expect because I don't think Kane or Taves are going anywhere unless they really want to go. And if they didn't demand a trade after the last few years, I don't see them demanding one now, um, especially with free agency coming up soon, all that, you know. But okay, um, that, that that's the thing, though, because they, they had a relationship with the prior GM that they might not have with whoever the next GM is. Right. But I'm just saying, like, if they, they might want to ride it out in Chicago and then see what offers they get. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it, it, they can go win out elsewhere after that. You know what I'm saying? Like they might not try to do a deadline thing. But yeah, I, and I think I I feel pretty strongly that Taves and Kane are going anywhere. I I if you ask me right now, I I don't think Mark Andre Fleur is going anywhere because I, I I don't think he if if I had to pick, I would assume that he doesn't want to go anywhere. You uh, see, Elliot, yeah, thirty two thoughts just came out and said something about like. Something, something, Washington. What was the? Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's multiple teams rumored to be in on Flurry, yeah, like Colorado would grab Flurry. His, his actual point said we should prepare ourselves for the possibility of Mark Andre Flurry, Washington Capital. At the very, I, least, the Capitals are very, are like looking into it. I, I, okay. for me, I want Flurry to have a last dance in Pittsburgh. That's just me. Um, but they don't really need him if Jerry actually plays this well. I don't know if he can long term. Uh, but I, I really don't think the Hawks are going to make many moves. I think that there might, if they get a good, like, you know, a call on somebody they can afford to trade without, you know, somebody not, a, who's not a big deal. Great. But I think yeah, that they're they, kind of, I think, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think they're going to sit on their hands a little bit because they're not going to make the playoffs. So if they can get somebody out of there and, and make it valuable for them because it won't matter this year. Great. But I just don't think that they're going to do anything that we're all going to be shocked at. No, it's going to be. Yeah. You're hundred percent right. Cause they also don't have a GM. Yeah. That's, that's, that's right. That's we, don't, we don't part. know. We, that's another yeah, part that we, maybe we'll talk we about how long. next week, but like how long yeah. do you need to hire someone? Like at some point, like you have a pretty substantial trade deadline and off season coming up and you need to get somebody in here. Who's going to steer you through whatever the hell your organization is going to do. I mean, the bears hired a fucking GM in two weeks. I know it's, and they're not even technically into the off season because the playoffs are still going on. I know the entire NHL is still playing, but like you gotta like this, this been what three months now since Bowman yeah. got hired. Like they still don't even have a ho-ho. Which is what they wanted first. Let's okay. Go. Well, look, you got you to gotta understand. The Hawks, they fell into three cups, and then the Cubs fell into a World Series. They're both following the 85 Bears. They're just not as far removed yet. Uh, McCaskey is 105 years old. Like, she's going to just fucking, you know, do as she pleases. 
I just, I, uh, Chicago I, I, is all over the fucking place, you know, go bulls. <laughs> and if you guys get a sock season, go socks for you guys, yeah, but yeah. fuck, the MLB is just in a total shithole right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think bring, bring it back to hockey briefly. I, I, it feels like <laughs> why, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think just with, with the hogs deadline moves, I think like all the obvious ones feel like they're going to happen. Uh, like Ryan Carpenter's on expiring deal, probably gone. Um, maybe Sam Lafferty, although he's cheap, but, uh, I think he's actually not been that bad. No, I don't think so. But, uh, Kubali, probably a trade uh, guy, Calvin DeHaan, someone probably wants him. Maybe they find the taker for Eric Gustafson, maybe Caleb Jones. Oh, uh, yeah. I want Gustafson, Stillman and McCabe all gone. <laughs> I'll tell you. So Toronto, if they are that desperate for a right-hander and they give something up for Connor Murphy, Oof. do you say no to that? I mean, he's obviously one of the best defenders we've had in years. Well, he's I, not going to see the again, playoffs again, here. Again, I, th- I think everybody has to be on the table. And I love Connor Murphy, but like Connor That's Murphy's not going to be good. With look, one, look, by the time I, I does have to be again. more than a fucking late first round pick, though. Like, I think if you're going to valuing that, I think what it comes down to is you either do like, like you jump in with a cannonball or you don't get in the pool at all, I guess is the way I would describe it. Like, if you're if you're gonna trade Connor Murphy, then you better be trading all these other guys and, and like maybe, a lot of people. Yeah. So you're like, saying you Connor don't Murphy, trade him for, for uh, Austin a very Matthews good guy Mustache. next season on the Hawks, and he's locked on for and they just signed Murphy to an extent. Yeah, yeah so, but he he his no trade clause kicks in. Yeah. Next so, year. I mean, there's there's and he's at a pretty affordable four point four million dollar hit. So I would if if they trade Connor Murphy, then just then do everything, then rip that whole bandaid off. But uh, I'm not, that, that is a very interesting name to bring up. And uh, I only bring it up because Toronto fans are always harping on right-handed D and his name comes up with them. I I would say Connor Murphy, unfortunately, is going to be one of those guys that the Hawks fans like us who watch the team when they're bad are going to be like, Oh yeah, he was great. It sucks that they didn't win anything and nobody else is going to remember him. But if he was on those cup teams, man, People will be buying his jersey left and right. So you, Yalmerson. So he's he, yeah, he's so he's Kyle Calder. Uh, well, okay, no, I'd go. He's kind of somewhere in between Calder and and Jalmerson because Jalmerson had a little bit of like a like I hate to say it like in a weird way, but he was like he had like a sexiness to him where he had the the the, the, the Euro name and he was blocking yeah, shots left man. and right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Connor Murphy's kind of just like he's rock solid, and you know what you're getting, and you love it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we got two more months of trade deadline talk, so we'll have plenty more, but we're going to get into it a little bit there. Uh, we're going to take a quick timeout, come back on the other side of this break and talk about some games coming up. Uh, so come on back for all that. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. And we're talking to you on Tuesday night. And on Wednesday night, the Blackhawks play the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, it's in Detroit at the, I almost said Joe Louis Arena. It's at the Little Caesars Pizza Palace, whatever arena. the hell it's called now. Arena. Uh, arena. There you go. 
in uh, a day. Oh, Caesars Arena. I get it. Uh, anyway, it's a day after Chris Chalios's birthday. Uh, so happy birthday to Kaylee's father, who apparently turned 60 today. Would not have guessed he, uh, that Chris Chelios was 60 years old because I saw him on TV recently and he looked like he was like maybe 45. Although, Those Greek jeans. Yeah. Exactly. Also, the fact he played in the NHL till he was actually 40. Yeah, I was going to say he was 45. 45. He was 48 when he played with the Thrashers. Yeah. <laughs> and then 49 with the fucking uh, uh, the, the Chicago Wolves. Right? wolves. Yeah. 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 Him, yeah. Him and Gordie Howe playing forever. Yeah. And, and like, like Gordie Howe was one thing like back in the like, I think it was in the eighties when he finally hung him up, like to play at like the level, the evolution of the game. The fact that the cellos was still playing at all in his court in his late forties is just stupid. So suck on that Tom Brady. Um, anyway, <laughs> Love it. Anyway, uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this Red Wings game and this, this comes with a, it, it pains me to say all of these things that I'm about to say because uh of, of just the the ingrained hatred of the Red Wings that I grew up with because the Red Wings were good and the Hawks sucked. And when the Hawks beat the Red Wings in 2013, it's maybe the most cathartic victory I've ever enjoyed as a sports fan. And we're kind of back to a cycle where uh, the Red Wings seem like they're kind of uh, trending upward again. Um, now, granted, they have missed the playoffs in each of the last five seasons. And in the three seasons before that, they lost in the first round. So it's been a long, long time for them to uh, be swimming around at the basement of the NHL. But it seems like they've got some young talent. It seems like they're starting to put together what could be an NHL team. And they've got a, a good mix of guys in their mid-20s with some experience and in their early 20s or even a, a late teen in one of them. Uh, and it's all kind of coming together. They're, uh, I've, they are somewhere in the middle. They're fifth place in the division right now. So I don't, I'm not saying they're like playoff contention, Let's Maybe see. if they had a better coach. <laughs> Maybe if they had a better coach. So yeah, they're at forty-two points. They're eight behind I the like Bruins for eighth place in the uh, eighth place in the East or fourth in the Atlantic. So they've got some ground to make up. It seems like they it's a long haul for them. But the, the whole point of what I want to make here is when you watch the game Wednesday night, you're, there's two players on Detroit that are going to feature prominently. One of them is Lucas Raymond. He's got eleven goals, twenty-two assists this year in forty-two games. He was their number four overall pick in 2020. The other guy who will likely feature prominently is Moritz Sider, who is 20 years old. They drafted him number six overall in 2019. And I think this is where this is kind of indicative of where the Blackhawks are and why they're in such dire straits at the moment, not only like at the present level, but also like looking into the prospect pool that keeps getting shout more and more shallow and behind Lucas Reichel. Uh, it's anybody's guess at this point, but so the reason I bring this up is because the Hawks had two top 10 picks in the last five years. Now uh, they, one of them was at number three and one of them was at number eight. And as Betsy will tell you through this graphic uh, that she has posted at second city hockey's comments, at least a hundred times by now, I think um, that draft value is a uh, it's an exponential decrease as you go down and that it's like the, the gap between one and two is pretty substantial or I, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this, Betsy. Can you explain this for me real quick? There's like tiers. Just know that you're. it's kind of like a really sharp slide, like at the water park. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those you ones go. are like, whooshoom, like that. They're going <laughs> to push you out at the end. Sorry, that's my neon effect. All, I, all you can say is that the drop from one to 10 is huge. Okay. One to five is huge. One to 10 is giant. And then 
10 to like 20 is pretty big too. And then anything from like, like 22 to like 42 are all within like a supposed five ish percent spread Mm -hmm. of making it into the hockey. And then after that, it's kind of plateaus. Yeah. So So, so the general, the general idea of what I'm trying to get at here is just that the Red Wings had two top 10 picks. And I know again, top, like, you know, number 10 and number one, there's a big gap, but let's say the Red Wings had a four and a six. And I'm not going to tell you these guys are, are going to be all-stars, but they are featuring featuring very prominently. They're playing uh, high leverage situations, and they're producing a ton for Detroit. Meanwhile, for the Blackhawks, Kirby Doc was a number three pick, and at minimum, or like, like the best thing you can say about him is that he's at the NHL level right now. Like He's not exactly uh. driving. Um, I'm not telling you, once again, I'm not telling you Kirby Doc's not going to be a, a decent to good NHL player in the future, but I feel like if he was going to be like the franchise cornerstone at a number three pick, I think you would have seen a lot more by now. I might be telling you guys that shit though in a couple <laughs> of weeks. Um, and the other guy, Adam Boquist, and I don't want to say this as an indictment of Adam Boquist because I think the Hawks gave up on him way too early, but the fact that they traded Adam Boquist away already means that is an overall, they missed on the number eight pick. And that's not really... I- I, I questioned that logic because I questioned every logic, uh, all, the, all the logic of every Stan Bowman's decision. Ever but that, all right. But, but either way, Shay, like the, the point is that their number eight pick did not become what Detroit, what Detroit's uh, pick did. And that's why you see, like, it's just Detroit had two top 10 picks and they hit the Hawks had two top 10 picks and they did not so, so far. And that's why they are in the situation they're in. Question. Go ahead. Why are you ignoring their other top 10 picks? And just focusing on the two that actually hit. Because they've had That's, two other... They had one in... They had a... What? They had Zadina, six. Wait, they keep their top ten picks? Yeah, yeah. Phil, okay, this is a fair point. They, they also had another top ten in um, 2017, the Rasmussen kid. Yeah. Who's yes. Been, but uh, can I ask you a question? Who drafted both Zadina and Rasmussen? Was it Steve well, Userman? All right, but it's not... No? No, oh, but all right, but like the, the GM is irrelevant. Like that's not the point. Mm, GM is the most important okay. front office position. Fine, but that's not the <laughs> point. That's not the point of making it. The point is related to on ice, and that's why the Hawks are shit right now, and the Red Wings at least have some semblance of their future. To Betsy's point about like, yeah, they had some other top ten picks that they missed on. That's probably why they missed the playoffs for five years in a row, and and, and like that. So I thought that was karma. That, <laughs> there's that no. too. I, I guess like the overall point is like to get yourself out of the situation the Hawks are in, like you need to hit on multiple first round picks in a row, like Detroit did. Fucking wins. Eventually, I hope they yeah, miss the rest yeah, of the fucking And game. it took them a while to get there, but it's just like it's it's a compare and contrasting of you're seeing why Detroit got out of their basement situation and why the Hawks are kind of still there. Yeah, well, the Hawks also had a like a coach who was the worst coach maybe ever. <laughs> yeah, and like there's, there, I know there's a lot of variables involved and in, in all of that, but it's, it's just like the general thought is like the Red Wings hit on two top ten picks, and and now 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 they have a reason to be excited about their future. And in Chicago, not really yet. I, I mean, true, but I I also will say, wish you well. Like I guess when I was saying about the other two is that they hit on two of four top 10 picks and the Blackhawks have hit on zero of two, if you want to <laughs> thing right now, but if they had not given away their top 10 pick, 
this year or maybe if they go to be a top 10 pick in the next year like maybe they could have hit on the next year like it's such Mm -hmm. a stupid it's such a thing to say because you can sit there and look at the oilers and go they had a million top 10 picks they had a million yeah i i I have a strong i have something strong to say about this when we get to me yeah i just i I, my whole thing is it's all about probabilities and even when we we look at that chart and we're like there's a higher probability that a top 10 pick is going to hit but really just those two top threes Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that had much higher probabilities in general because, again, mm. the drop off after that. But even those top threes are not like as high as people think to become superstars. They are to right. make the NHL. It's just, and honestly, like which of these drafts, like the Blackhawks hit in two drafts that maybe weren't like so far haven't produced a whole lot. Cause, like, I mean, take um, Boquist's draft. Dalene is good. But he's in purgatory. Right, he's, off, he's also not. He's also not the franchise defenseman people proclaimed him to be. I honestly don't know if he would like. Would he be better if he had been on a different team? I don't know. Like he got out of purgatory. Buffalo, Buffalo is Edmonton and ruins players. I think. <laughs> then you got Shnestikov, who's great. Like he's the yeah. one. But he went to a great development organization, yeah. and with they know the, how to develop. And with a great exactly, and then you got. Um, I'm going to mispronounce his name right. Um, wrong. Um, yes. Who is good, but I don't know if he's like, like what we think about on a number three, then you got Kachuk. He's obviously really good, but he got picked at four, you know, and then Hayden who absolutely nobody knows about Zadina, the Red Wings guy, the kid that hasn't broken out yet. Quinn Hughes, who was seven and should have been taken much sooner, but for some reason people didn't want to. And then you've got Boquist. Look at everybody behind him. Bouchard, Wallstrom, Dobson, um, Fairbury. None of them have impacted really except for Dobson. And he's the only player, only defenseman behind there that's in the top 10 that I would have picked. And then after that, you've got a bunch of kids that might hit later. That draft was so weird. And so, I mean... It, if that ends up being a weak draft, then it sucks for the Blackhawks for having picked them. Yeah, that was I mean, they happened to be number eight. Yeah, and the last maybe it's karma because the last time they picked in the top three, they lucked out on a weak draft and picking obviously one of the best players like in Patrick Kane. But Patrick Kane's draft was arguably a really weak draft. Well, I, and, then, and also they lucked out on the fact that the Penguins screwed up their draft the year before. The year before, right? It was the year before uh, by taking Jordan Stall. Not, not yeah, Jordan. exactly. So George, yeah, Jordan, Jordan Stall over you know John Tavares. Yeah, I mean that's that's the argument you can make on all of these. Like when you look back at this, why did um, what was McCarr's draft year? Eight or seventeen was it? Yeah, like how many? Like what? Like he went, he went fourth overall in 2017, behind yeah. Nico Hischier, Nolan Patrick, and Miro Heiskanen. Like, oh, I was at that draft. Yeah, the top. So the top two forwards for some reason were really, really, really like overhyped. Even though Kawakar probably should have been in that top two conversation a lot. Yeah. Um, now all of that, some of that's a little revisionist, maybe, but like if you go back to those drafts, you'll have, you'll have some people, especially like elite prospects, like their team was like, he should have been in that conversation the whole time. So Mm. it's an interesting, the draft debates are interesting to me. 
I think that even the top two aren't guaranteed. They just have a higher probability. And then anything after that is like, you got to hope and pray (laughs) that it actually hits. But, and then Shay's point about a good GM, the, he's right. Yezerman took over after for those last two picks, not the first two picks of top 10, the difference in maybe a good GM versus poor GM. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Why it's so important that the Blackhawks get their but again, right? But again, the Red Wings have hit on fifty percent, but they've had twice as many opportunities. Yeah, I guess it it, it it did it did take them a while to get there. So that that is a fair point. Like I uh, I, I guess um, I, I think again the just the words I thought is like the Detroit's that game Wednesday night, like the Detroit's young guns are going to be present and doing a lot, and the Hawks, uh, the one young gun they still have is. Ugh. He's he's <laughs> scuffling a bit. We'll, we'll say that. Although maybe Lucas Reichel shows up and lights it up. Like I I don't want to be too doom and gloomy yet, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm 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 struggling at this point. Like after this whole season, and and we're just past the halfway point, folks. I think we got 40 more games of this. So yeah, it's okay to admit though that Stan Bowman might not have been the greatest drafter in the world. That's the that's fine. I, mean, I think. It- his team, Mark Kelly, was better at drafting like late firsts and seconds to imp- at least impact the NHL than on average. But his top picks are like okay. Well, yeah. like, and then just but and then this kind of goes back to my whole overall philosophy that uh, uh, thoroughly against the idea of tanking in hockey, just because um, not that you are as likely to get. You know, if you draft number one overall, you do have a higher probability, as you said, about getting a guy who could be a future superstar. But um, it's not just having a lot of draft picks and having a lot of high draft picks is not a guarantee of future success. You still have to you have to find the right ones. You have to pick them and you have to some of those guys you have to develop a little bit. And the Hawks have like that whole development part has been uh, questionable at best. (laughs) Yeah. Or just terrible. No, it's been terrible. Yeah, I mean, the, like the one guy, the the one shining star from the last like five years, I is Alex DeBrinket, who they drafted 39th overall, and he, I like he developed at the NHL level, and he just got better because he's Alex DeBrinket. Like I, I feel like I don't really know how much work the Hawks really did. Like he, the only thing the Hawks did is correctly identified this kid needs to be in the NHL right now. That's about all I can give them credit for. Everything else, like that was just to bring it wanting to be a great NHL player and making himself into one. everyone else over the last like five or six years. It's like, it's, it's hard to not find a caveat with them somewhere. So boy, that was fun. <laughs> I just wanted to toss, uh, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to toss something out there real quick. Oh, is this, um, is this the really bitter angry thing you were talking about? No, 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 no. This is just something I was thinking about. Uh, like when we were talking about the wings and the Hawks, I think uh, it's really fair to compare the Hawks' recent drafting and development to like the Penguins, for example, because they're comparable in like their success and and stars and all that kind of stuff in the timeline that they both uh, have succeeded in. But the Wings were good forever in a time where there was no like salary cap and free mm-hmm. agency was different. So it's hard to compare them because they didn't start missing the playoffs until recently. I mean, you look at the 2002 Wings team, they bought that team. And I hate to say it like that, but that's, you know, they didn't have repercussions of the cap. Yeah. 
So with the Hawks, it's like we can compare them with the drafting to the wings and all that. But if the Hawks didn't have that those problems, they wouldn't have to have gotten rid of a lot of guys. They would have been able to bring even more in. It, it would be totally different. That would that would be an interesting, like really deep dive to do one day if you were bored. Is uh, like oh, if, I've done if it. You, if me. you throw out the salary cap, like like all right, so like they never trade away Lad, they never trade away Versteeg, they never trade away Bufflin, Bufflin. But then, like, do you not ever get, you know, does Marcus Kruger never show up? Does Oduya never show up? Does Andrew Shaw never get a chance? Does Brandon Saad never get a chance? Like, like, it's, you know, the salary cap forced guys out, forced holes in the lineup that they were able to find guys to replace them with. So if it's I, that would be an interesting uh, thing that we don't have time for right now because that will require a whole lot of research. Right, right. I just wanted to bring that up that like the well, wings, uh, their timeline was so scattered. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that what started this whole thought that I had was watching Lucas Raymond score a hat trick against the Hawks uh, back in October. Yeah. And also, to, uh, four years ago today, Debrinket had a hat trick against the wings. Oh. I got my uh, notifications because I was with the bar with <laughs> some of my friends watching it. And uh just wanted to bring that up there because fuck the wings and Alex Debrinket's from Detroit and we have him. Yeah, I, I don't have to. I, I can stop saying nice things about Detroit now. Uh, it's, it's a good thing they're in the East. But yeah, I, I don't. Well, maybe I, I, I miss that rivalry, though. I, 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 I think everyone does. But what you going to do? Also, I just wanted to throw out, I'm drinking a gumball head, and uh, that's exactly what Stan Bowman is to me, <laughs> a gumball head. <laughs> great third grade insult. I love it. All right. Well, uh, on, on that note, I think we can uh, wrap up the uh, hockey discussion here and dive into a food take. Uh, Shay has one to offer up for us. Apparently, like those of you who are longtime listeners, and we thank all three of you for still hanging around with us. This one apparently goes back to the days when it was me, Shay, and Brandon Kane uh, on your airwaves. So, uh, but we thought we we trotted out for some some more arguments because I think there's been far too much agreement happening uh, on these food discussions. So let's uh, let's yell at each other a little bit. Go ahead, Shay. A hot dog is not a sandwich. A hot dog. <laughs> Is one it's one piece of bread connected at the bottom. A hot dog is a taco. Discuss. Uh, I agree. <laughs> You're like let's yell at each other, but no, that's true. Well, okay, I'll say this. I think a hot dog could be a sandwich or not a sandwich because to me, the hot dog is the uh, the piece of meat, or I guess in my case, the fake meat because they make fake hot dogs that are very good. Um, that goes in between the bun. Like a hot dog bun is just a bun. But a sandwich ma- is slices of bread. A sandwich is, two sli- no is at least bite. two slices of bread. Right. No but I'm, saying, on a I'm saying, though, a hot dog could be a sandwich had you took the effort to put it on. So, so nobody does. Hot dog. That's, a, that's, hot that's a sausage lazy? sandwich. But a hot dog is a specific type of sausage. But a hot dog is also a red hot is a specific type of sandwich. I don't I don't know if the hot I consider the hot dog the complete like you know sausage like sausages and sausage and bun. So so when you buy hot dog weenies or whatever the fuck they are, they say hot dog. Red hots. They say hot dogs on them. Yeah. What if, What if you put something else in the bun? Is it then if you put like a a chorizo link in there, is it still a hot dog? No, dude, that's, I've a, made, that's a chorizo in a, in a bun. So that's a chorizo. Made, also not a sandwich. That's is, also that, made, is that a chorizo taco? Yes. Hey, when hey. I've been desperate, I've made PB and J on hot dog buns. 
I, I, that's a PBNJ taco. If you if you do, if you keep if you keep the the bun connected, that's a PBNJ taco. Are you? Did you see that like Twitter thing that went around that was like this is what a, all these are and people were talking about okay then this is a pie and this is and people were oh man I wish I had the was graphic. it the one with, with like they put a burger in a hot dog bun essentially no no it was like it was like a like a chart of like this is based on what carb you have around it bread or tortilla or whatever this is all the things they were and they were like yeah the hot dog is a taco and people were making fun of it because it was like, okay, so that's really, man, I wish I had it because their takes on like what a quiche was and what like, like a quiche is a pie. No, it's not. Cause it yes. doesn't have a thing at the bottom. If it has a thing at the bottom. Yeah. So wait, so wait, so I just, I just want to get back to this initial hot dog. So you have to have the hot dog sausage and the hot dog bun and that's a hot dog. And there's nothing else that can be a hot dog. No, the argument is that because it's a bun that is, one, it's technically a piece of bread that's like two pieces of bread that's still connected to each other. It's a piece of loaf that has been sliced in half. That means that it cannot be a sausage or, oh my God, yeah. a, sandwich a, sandwich. Is, a sandwich is specifically two slices of bread. If it's yeah. not sliced. Uh, well, at least two, because a club sandwich yeah, yeah, is three sometimes. Two, yeah, but, but because the bread is not sliced, it's still interconnected. It cannot yes. be technically a sandwich so if i go to the store and i buy yes. a six pack of french rolls and i only cut them like 95 percent of the way through so i can put the meat in there and it's a turkey sandwich but i haven't completely sliced through the the front the bun so what is that then is that a turkey taco yes what because, because if the I, bread is not right. connected it's it's well, on a hold flat, on. It's, I, I that's made... like that's like going off what a flat like but Flour and tortillas are ridiculous enough. I as make is. So yes, that's a taco. I make even though they're not real meat. I make meatball subs like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 meatball taco. No, no, it's not a taco. It's a sub. Yes, it is. No, but they're taco. but submarine bread. It's just I buy it unsliced. Taco. It's not a taco. If you keep it, if you keep it connected, it's a taco. No. Uh, yes. I'm gonna, I think that's a taco if you can if you can lay it if you can lay it flat and put the meat thing. Well, on. I'm gonna say this. I don't care what it is. If their baseball happens this year and I go to the cell and they're sold out of fucking vegan hot dogs like they always are, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> well, because every time I go, I'm like, oh, it sounds so good. I want a couple of them, and I go up there and they're like, oh, we're sold out. How? We're in Chicago. Ninety nine percent of people want meat. Okay, <laughs> that's true. So. The graphic that I was talking about, it's called the cube rule of food for identifying dishes based on starch locations. If you can please put this in our Slack channel, if you found it, I would much appreciate it so I can see yeah. it. Okay, hold on. Because um, it's it's got it all. Here, I looked at the definition of a taco. And it says here. a Mexican dish con- consisting of a fried tortilla, typically folded, filled with various mixtures. Anything Anything that only has one starch on it that's on the bottom is toast. Anything with two that are not that are sliced, that's a sandwich. Anything that is still interconnected and usually is on three sides. So that's a peninsula taco. taco. And then sushi is all around. Soup or salad bread bowl is, you know, cube without the top. And then anything that's all the way is a calzone. No, all right, like the the taco thing is getting it's getting ridiculous because but taco is derivative of Mexico and it's specifically a tort- fried tortilla dish. Yeah, I, I think uh, first of all, I think that this is a primarily white people thing. We have destroyed the word taco, and and we should apologize 
to our Mexican. I apologize. Yes, but like for, that's like by that rule, a bratwurst is a taco. Yes. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's some Packer really- fans' night, uh, fucking wet dream. It's not a taco. I like one of the class. Like, responses later was that in response to the recurring question, I'm going to get another beer. I can't type, handle this topic. <laughs> the meat top should not be dynamic during consumption. Otherwise, all dish classifications have no meaning, regardless of your standardization. So it's like take the meat out of it. It's literally what is the starch? What That's the, the discussion. Yeah what, it, yeah, what is the bread? What is the starch? Because it's not always just bread because sushi is rice. But still, um, what is what? That's that's their like that's the cube rule argument that I I I think they get that that's the best argument I that's the best like summary I've seen so that's that's pretty good uh, I, I think we need to put this this uh, the cube rule I think we're gonna embed this tweet article at secondsofthehockey.com so people can see what we're yelling at each other about but uh, yeah I, I think. I think we've got to do better than just the, uh, using the word taco as a blanket cover. Okay. But my, my, my original point stands, a hot dog is not a sandwich. That's not what a sandwich um, is. I, I can, I can get on board with that. Just, just to note that Q rule has been like, apparently a lot of places and you can just go to qrule.com and it'll have a bunch of stuff about it. I want to respond to Shay's point for my last word. I agree that, uh, traditional hot dog and a hot dog bun is not a sandwich. I do think that you could take the hot dog meat and make a sandwich out of it, but a, what you think of a hot dog, I don't think it's a sandwich yet either. No, Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. And a broadwurst is not a sandwich and a, a chorizo it, sausage it, and a bun uh, is not a sandwich. We need an English word for bun sausages. Yeah, I agree with Mill that there's, two, there's two words of, of hot dog being used here. There's what the hot dog weenie wiener whatever you want to call it and, and then, then there's the whole package the, ho- the whole thing together as yeah. a as a hot dog as its own little meal what a goofy fucking sequence of events that we talked about <laughs> also isn't it sorry to interrupt lbr but I'm, I'm, just like, like, I'm laughing at it like what the fuck the other thing i'm thinking about now is that by definition their cow's own thing that like, that's what about a burrito then a burrito a burrito is a burrito is sushi well, not, not, I mean, you could have a fully encapsulated burrito at Chipotle. They you could have. Then it's a calzone. Theoretically. They have fake trees. I'm going to go try this week, I think. It's not bad. I've had it. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Oh, is it pretty good? Yeah. yeah I don't think I'll it's spicy. You, it's, it's got a kick to it. I, I mean, I'm, Hell yeah. I'm pretty lame when it comes to spicy foods, but uh, it, it, it set me to refill my drink a couple times. So, All right. That's, that's good enough for me. Um, in this cube rule thing, you know, like we keep, we, we were kind of like arguing about the use of the word taco. And I think that's just the lack of words for other things that do three sided. The same thing with the number six, which is calzone. I think burrito also, I think in the comments, people were like, can you still call that a burrito? And they're like, yeah, technically the same way. Number five, which is bread bowl. They're like, is also a quiche. I think the problem is we adopt English from England and then we are surrounded by like Mexico and we have a lot of Italian culture infused here and we we just use words from different like cultures and languages yes. that, yes. that yeah, like we assign TV. meaning to we assign this meaning to them and then we're like oh but it's English and then it's like oh shit like it actually doesn't mean that like we, we've yeah we've completely <laughs> or it's taken on a meaning we've stolen a few things like I I don't know I can't remember what the context was for this but and I don't know if this was like uh, like someone did this in England or it was another country that is a completely different language than ours. But 
like it was trying to explain the difference between jam and jelly that like we're the we might be the only country that does that that has jam and jelly like everyone just calls it the same thing but i think everybody listening that everyone that's in america understands the difference between jam and jelly but other cultures right because we different words for that because i definitely have grape jam and grape jelly at my house right now yeah yeah um Team Jam all day, by the way. The funny, the funny thing about hot dog is like I'm thinking of my like my own family, like my grandpa coming from Serbia, like you know when he was around, he we'd go golfing and he'd say like go oh, go get me head dog. Like he didn't have a Serbian word for it. Like hot dog is an English American term. Yeah, it's a, but he yeah, knew it that as sausage. Hot dog. That sausage is American, right? So it's like we're like on the on the hitting the back nine of a golf course and they're serving hot dogs and beers or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like he'd be like, "Oh, go give me that," but there's no word for it. So you adopt the American word. It's just a well, very Amer- American wanna, thing. The the like so the stupidest thing. I don't know if you guys saw this when it went viral, but there was like this kind of I don't some food bloggy place that's kind of did upscale stuff in New York. They had a bunch of like what looked like in their twenties kids eating cracker barrel food for the first time ever oh i think i saw this and several people in there said because they called it you know they were eating a biscuit or a dumpling and they um they go well this isn't a dumpling how dare you call this a dumpling and they were thinking about like asian dumplings or whatever and it was a perfect example of like technically the translation from asia to dumpling is not exactly the straight thing and dumpling was an English word first that has been adapted to also include what is called the Asian version of a dumpling. No, so, but I get, I get that. Cause we had dumpling soup uh, on Sunday and we have a Serbian word for that. So yeah, that's but very, it's, it's just, it makes sense. An, it's such an interesting, like, cause they were very vehemently like, this is not a dumpling. And it's like, technically speaking, the dumpling word originated in an English language. And then, was applied to a food that they found in Asia. And now it is, you're like reversing it. And it's kind of a funny, weird the consistency thing. doesn't work out like, like word for word, like, no, exactly. Like and like, like if I served you guys, what I said, you'd be like, Oh, this is good. It's not a dumpling, but that's our word for it. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just, I'm still going to just call a hot dog a taco. For now. <laughs> I really, I really just like doing it now. I don't fuck with that. I can't wait to go. Right. To can I get a random, sure can I get a random taco, meat sausage man. taco, please? <laughs> Thank you. I don't know I what mean, meat is in this. Meat yeah. sausage taco. <laughs> a meat sausage. Oh, um, I can think of the Ron Swanson line is you had me. I, I have thoughts I'm not going to give on this podcast. I'm sorry <laughs> for bringing that up. All right. Well, well, I think that's a good place to wrap up this episode of Musings on Madison. Uh, really quickly, uh, sometime in the next few weeks, uh, we want to do a mailbag <laughs> episode. I've done a very, very poor job of soliciting questions from people on Twitter and elsewhere. So we're going to invite everyone that's listening to this. Send us some questions. You can send them on Twitter. Uh, to the main account at 2ND City Hockey, send me DML57. You can email us at uh, secondcityhockey at gmail.com. Uh, whatever works, just send us some questions. It can be about the Hawks. It cannot be about the Hawks. It can be about food. Ask about music. Ask about uh, the, the Bears' new GM. I don't know. Whatever strikes your fancy, whatever works. Uh, we, we would like to get some more uh, engagement involved with uh, the listeners with all this. So that's uh that's going to be our attempt with that. Hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll get enough questions where we can just riff on those because uh, I don't know how we can just talk about the Blackhawks for the next three months because 
Ugh. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Amusings on Madison. Find me on Twitter at DML57, Mills at Mill182, Shepard is at Shepard Price. Um, Betsy's not on Twitter, but she's at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. And that's where you can find all of our previews, recaps, prospect updates, number of monsters articles, and all that other goofy stuff we do. Um, so thank you very much for listening to this episode. Thanks, everyone, for hanging out. We'll talk to you next week. Go Hawks. I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix.